Happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. I had a couple of ladies walk by the office this morning when I was in there and say Happy Father's Day, and it's very hard not to say you too. <laughs> we get in that habit, you know. Um, so I want to start off talking about this prayer walk because it's Tuesday. It's going to be at 7 o'clock at the courthouse. And we're going to meet there, and then we're going to spread out all through town. And man, my hope is that every member of every church in this community will have the boldness and the courage to show up. And we can spread out, and we can hit every spot in this town, and hit all the city limit signs, and we can take back authority over this community, and we can rebuke Satan from this community, and we can rebuke sin from this community. And this is a spiritual battle. I mean, like Lurleen was saying earlier, that she's seen some of the most vile things she's ever seen in her life happening right now. But there are Christians that are standing up. There are Christians that are going out and saying, you know, enough's enough. And I know it's going to be hot Tuesday. It's supposed to be 107 degrees. And, man, don't let that stop us from going out and, and saying, God, we're here. God, we're ready to fight. God, this is a battle that we're willing to fight and that we will stand up and we will declare your name in this community and we will rebuke Satan from this community and we will take authority back of this community. So I encourage you all to show up Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Share it on Facebook. Text all your friends. The more people we got, the more people we got praying, the more prayer that covers this town. So that's all I got about that. So I know on Mother's Day, I didn't really give a traditional Mother's Day service because that's just not who I am. But it's Father's Day, and I believe that fathers have a very important role to play in raising kids up to be Christians. Not that we're better than women. My wife does a lot of things at the house that I'm thankful for that I don't have to do. So don't think for any, any second that I'm saying that we're better than them, but we just have a very important role. So will you please stand? We are going to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And, fa- and you, fathers, do not promote, provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we just have the freedom just to come and to worship you. Father, I pray that this message will just resonate into the hearts of all the fathers here, Father. Father, I ask that you'll just be with me, remove me from the situation, Father, and just let your words flow through me. Father, I love you and I praise you. I ask things in Jesus' name. Amen. So please be seated. So this starts off with Paul saying that children should obey their parents. That's the way it should be, right? Amen. Amen. That's what I want to hear. If children would just do what they were supposed to do, our jobs as parents would be so much easier. Life would be so much happier, and the household would just be a wonderful place to be. That's probably what God thinks about me sometimes. Man, if this boy would just do what he's supposed to, his life would be so much better. But for some reason, we as humans like to learn things the hard way. And that's especially true when it comes to our children. See, the world is constantly pushing on them. Peer pressure is just coming down on them. And the harder we try to raise good Christian children, the harder the world comes after them. So when Paul says children should obey their parents, we rejoice. You hear that, kids? It's in the Bible. Y'all got to listen to us. 
<laughs> Amen. And if Paul would have just stopped right there and went on to another subject, that would have been perfectly fine, right? But he didn't. The next thing he says is to us fathers. Ephesians 6, 4, And you fathers do not provoke, provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in training and admonition of the Lord. So if we do a quick little history lesson about when Paul said this, we can see how powerful of a statement this is. See, fathers back then had absolute power over their families. When a baby was born into a Roman family, the baby would be brought out and laid in front of the father. If the father picked up the baby, the baby was accepted. If the father didn't pick up the baby, it was rejected. And then it would either be sold, given away, or left to die. You see, fathers had the, ability, the legal right to kill a kid or kill their own kid. So when Paul Rastus, or says this statement, Rastus statement, he's showing how bold he is and how harsh the treatment of a child is wrong. You see, he says the same things in, in Colossians 3.21. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. See, I grew up in a home where you did what you were told and you didn't ask questions. When you were told no about something, that was the end of it. You didn't go ask again. You knew better. You knew the rules, and you followed them because you knew if you didn't, you were going to be in trouble. Like most people growing up when I did, we had a healthy fear of our fathers. We didn't want to make him mad because we knew what would happen. So when my kids do something that they shouldn't do, it really makes me upset, and I don't always handle it in a cross-like manner. But in order to not promote, provoke, that is a hard word this morning. In order to not provoke our children to anger, we must have our own anger under control. And this is something that I struggle with. Honestly, it seems like sometimes these kids do things that they know they're not supposed to just to make me mad. Amen, Amen right? Amen. Especially when we have company around. Then they really think they can push the limit. They think maybe I can get away with it because we got people over here. And you tell them over and over and over, and they just keep on doing it. And that really gets me upset sometimes. Now, I can understand if they don't know any better, but when I've already told them to quit doing it, not to do it, stop doing it, and they just continue to do it, I get mad. And they're about to feel the wrath of my anger. <laughs> But man, I'm glad God doesn't do me like that. You know, I make the same mistakes over and over and over. And even though I should receive his wrath, he just keeps loving and forgiving me. And that's how we should be as dads. Forgiving, loving, and leading. Our jobs as fathers is to be leaders in our homes. We are to love as Christ loved the church. And we are to forgive as our Heavenly Father forgave us. And we are to lead our kids to Christ. You see, we live in a society nowadays that pushes for the mother to be the primary parent in the home. There are an astonishing amount of children being born to single mothers. The divorce rate is through the roof. And most of the time, the kids stay with the mom. But even for the families that do stay together, the father often works so many hours that he leaves the child raising to the mother. See, sometimes we need to remember that just because we're present doesn't mean we're involved. Just because we're there doesn't mean we're engaged. See, when I was growing up, my dad worked as a farmer and a rancher. 
and he missed out on a lot of the stuff I did, a lot of the school events, a lot of sports, and many times he even missed out on holidays. So when I grew up and I had kids of my own, I followed in his footsteps, and I missed out on a lot of opportunities to be there for them because I put my job first. See, we as men, we feel like we're, our primary job is to be the breadwinner of our home. We work long hours just to make money to pay the bills, and we try to justify it by saying we're supporting our family. But our kids need us to be involved in their lives. They need us to be part of their lives. See, we can't be passive. We have to be the fathers that God's called us to be. So I'm going to tell you all a story about a man named Eli. Y'all may have heard of him. He was a priest in Israel many, many years ago. See, he was a good man, and there's no record of any terrible sin in his life. He didn't drink. He didn't steal, cheat, or lie. He never divorced his wife. He never committed adultery or abused his children. And old Eli, man, he loved the Lord. He has such a deep love for the ark of God, which symbolizes the presence of God, that when the ark was carried into battle, he feared for it. And when he heard that the ark had been captured, he fell off his chair, broke his neck, resulting in his death. See, right to his death, this man cared about the things of the Lord. But yet Eli failed, both as a priest and as a father. You see, he knew God, and God still pronounced judgment upon him and his descendants. Why is that? Because Eli knew the sins of his sons and did not address them. 1 Samuel 3.13 says, For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. You see, Eli not only tolerated his son's sins, he also participated in them. He ate many of the, many of the portions of the sacrifice that was intended for the Lord. You see, Eli was a good man, but he was passive when it came to his sons. Yes, the Bible does say that he rebuked them, but it wasn't until people started talking and it was more of a, now boys, you shouldn't be doing these things. People are starting to talk about y'all. But he didn't have a problem addressing other people's sins. When Eli thought Hannah was drunk at the door of the tabernacle, he scolded her. But when his own sons were committing adultery at the door of the tabernacle, it wasn't until worshipers came complaining that Eli came out with his weak, now boys, you shouldn't be doing that. You see, any time a person, especially a father, grows soft on the obedience to the word of God and just starts playing the religion game, our kids know what's going on. And nothing can corrupt our kids more than seeing a parent who has a form of religion but relax the reality with God. Men, dads, if we don't assume responsibility for shepherding our families, God will hold us accountable. But this is not an impossible task. We lead our kids to Christ through our example. We teach them the importance of reading the Bible and praying at a young age. And we correct them when they're wrong. We support them in their activities and we be a part of their lives. Your fathers being absent from home or just not being involved in the kids' lives is against God's natural design for families. The Bible says that for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will be joined with his wife, and the two shall become flesh. And it says, what God has joined together, let no man separate. See, God's design is for man and woman, 
husband and wife, father and mother, to raise children together. And the effects of children growing up without fathers is devastating. Children whose fathers are not present in their lives are 70% more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. 75% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 85% of teens that are locked up come from fatherless homes. 63% of all teen suicides and 90% of runaways come from fatherless homes. And teenage girls that come from a fatherless home are seven times more likely of getting pregnant in high school. And the list just goes on and on and on. It talks about poverty level, obesity, lower grades. See, fathers, the impact that we have on our children is very important. We have to get our priorities straight. It should be God first, our wives second, our kids third, and then everything else. But our responsibility as, as fathers is not a job or a burden. It's a blessing. It means that God has trusted us enough to let us have these children. And being a dad is probably the greatest thing any man could ask for. Amen. Amen. See, I remember the feeling the first time I saw each one of my kids and just instantly falling completely in love with them, getting to watch them grow, watch them learn to do stuff. The first time they say, Dada, man, those are all amazing times. Even when I was fortunate enough to get to adopt Ambry, it brought tears to my eyes. And the first time she called me dad, even though it was through a text, I was so excited I couldn't wait to tell my wife about it. And as, as fathers, we get to do things that mothers don't. See, we get to throw our kids way up in the air and catch them and listen to them laugh and laugh and laugh. We get to wrestle with them on the floor. We get to teach them to play sports. We get to teach them to shoot guns. We get to teach them to drive because we're more chill and relaxed than the mothers are. <laughs> we get to do the things that if the mother was around wouldn't happen. See, one time, first time she left Carson and Macy with me, she texted me and she said, how are the kids? And I texted back and said, they're fine. Then sent her a picture of them sitting on top of the roof. <laughs> and she was mad, but I knew right where they were. I moved the ladder so they couldn't get down, so I knew where they were. I was doing a great job. But they were happy as could be because they finally got to get on the roof and they never got to when she was around. But we also get to be the hero that checks under the bed and in the closet and gets to kill the spider unless it's too big of a spider. And then we just kind of shoo it. <laughs> but we get to be the one that they know will always protect them at all costs. You see, being a dad is truly a blessing. But we have to do our part in raising them. We can't simply be the fun parent and leave the mother with all the responsibility of teaching them right from wrong. We have to lead. We have to be willing to make sacrifices for them. We have to show them just how important they are and just how important a relationship with Christ is. We gotta be the man that we want our sons to be. And we gotta be the man that we want our daughters to marry. You see, what we do, our sons will do, and who we are is who our daughters will marry. And that's a scary thought sometimes. But if we follow God's example, it will all work out, and it's never too late to start doing things right. Love unconditionally, 
forgive endlessly and lead them to Christ. God has trusted us to be fathers, and as long as we go to him for guidance, he will show us how to raise them. Will you please stand? <clears throat> fathers, we have a very important role in the lives of these kids. They watch everything we do, and hopefully we lead them in the right way, and they grow up to be good men and women of Christ. But it's very important that we step up and we lead the way we're supposed to lead. And it's very important that we take the time to be at their events. And, man, work's not that important. You know, we can work 100 hours and we're still going to have the same amount of money. You know, the more you work, the more you're going to spend. So why, why put yourself into a job that if you quit, they're going to have it posted up before you even get home? when we can spend time with our kids, raising them, showing them what it's like to be a father, showing them what it's like to be a Christian. So I encourage you men to step up and claim the responsibility that we have to lead these kids to Christ. So we're going to open up the altar. If you want to accept Jesus for the first time, or if you want to join the church, or if you just need prayer, the altar will be open. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the fathers that are in this room. We thank you for trusting us to be fathers. Father, we just ask that you will guide us, that you will teach us, and that you will show us how to love the way you love, that you will teach us to be fathers the way you are. Father, I ask that as we go out into the week, that you just give us opportunities to serve you, give, you, give us opportunities just to show our children you. Father, we just hope that everything that we do glorifies you. Father, we love you and praise you. I ask you things in Jesus' name. Amen.